0: But dad, you promised. Ever make a promise to a child and then time passed, they remembered what had been promised and then at the appropriate time, they made a claim on your promise. It's like they never lost sight of the prize. They never forgot what had been promised. There was a continued hope And that one day, that promise would indeed be fulfilled. We see that played out in the life of an adult this morning in our passage of study. It's time once again for us to turn into the Old Testament book of Joshua in our copies of the Scriptures. We've been making our way through this book, which records for us somewhat of a history of our promise-keeping God. Now, it's the history of the nation of Israel during a, great, a time of great transition, they were coming into the promised land, and this book of Joshua records for us how God was keeping his promises to the nation of Israel. But it doesn't really matter whose history it is, does it? Because God is always the same. God doesn't change. So anything that is true of God in the book of Joshua is still true for us today. God doesn't change. Change. The book of Joshua is outlined uh, in 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 general terms. The first five chapters kind of show to us how the, the nation of Israel was entering into the promised land. And then in chapters 6 through 12, we see the nation of Israel following God's instruction and they were fighting for the promised land. They were going in to disp- dispossess the inhabitants of the land, to, to take possession of it themselves. And then last week we turned a corner to the second half of the book and we started looking at this third section of of chapters 13 through 21 where it's the distributing of the promised land and and the tribes of Israel are inheriting their land. And then the last few chapters, chapters 22 through 24, are some admonishments about the promised land. Now, you should be reminded in chapter 13, as we studied last week, that two and a half tribes settled on the east side of the Jordan River. And so chapters 14 all the way through chapters 21 are about nine and a half tribes settling on the west side of the Jordan. And Lord willing, we're going to take next Sunday morning to cover all of those chapters, chapters 14 through 21 that detail the inheritance of those nine and a half tribes. Last week we also pointed out that Levi, the tribe of Levi, didn't get a certain land inheritance. Instead, they were giving city particular cities. And by the way, if you're keeping track of the math, that equals 13 tribes. 12, 9 and a half, 2 and, a half, and Levi. So what, how do we get to 13? Well, Jacob only had 12 sons, right? Here's how we get 13. Joseph was divided into two tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, and there's, your, th- there's how we get to that number. Joshua chapters 14 and 15 start, then, this section of these 9 and a half tribes on the west side of the Jordan, talking about their inheritance uh, of, of the land. And chapters 14 and 15 specifically are the tribe of Judah. Judah was the son of Jacob that was special, and he received a special blessing that's recorded for us in the book of Genesis. Uh, Judah was the most important tribe. It was the tribe of King David, and it was eventually the tribe of King Jesus. Judah received the most land west of the Jordan River. Today we're going to look at chapters 14 and 15, but just pull out two sections of this talking, these details about the tribe of Judah, two sections, two passages that deal with a ma- with a man by the name of Caleb. Caleb was a Judahite. Caleb serves as an example of a man that lived out courageous faith in his promise-keeping God. Beloved, it doesn't take us long, does it, to recognize. That courageous faith is needed in this life in 2019 just as much as it was needed when Caleb walked on this earth. Courageous faith is needed in this life just as much as it was needed for the children of Israel when they went in to possess the land of Canaan. Like Caleb, we too are soldiers of the Lord. Our life is is hard. Just this week, an HBCer lacked assurance that they truly were a child of God. Just this week, an HBCer made more plans to move halfway around the world for a life in a completely new culture. Just this week, an HBC pastor, along with a fantastic team of volunteers, finished preparations for a VBS which welcomes any and all kids of Lancaster County. Just this week, an HBC HBC couple's unborn grandson died. Just this week, an HBCer was encouraged to make an unethical choice in their workplace. Just this week, an HBCer suffered significant hurt as a result of another Christian's unloving actions. Just this week, an HBCer was diagnosed with cancer every single one of these situations absolutely requires courageous faith in our promise-keeping god this life is not long but it is hard children of god who exercise courageous faith in him will inherit a promised rest from the life of caleb note three elements of a Christian's courageous faith in a promise keeping God. First of all, the devotion of courageous faith. We'll begin in chapter number 14 and verse number 1. And these are the countries with the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed "...for inheritance to them. By lot was their inheritance, as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. For the nine tribes and for the half-tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance of two tribes and half-tribe on the other side of Jordan. But unto the Levites he gave no, none inheritance among them. For the children of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. Therefore they gave no part unto the Levites in the land, save cities to dwell in, and their suburbs for their cattle and for their substance. As the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and, the, and they divided the land. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me, and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely... The land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Caleb provides an ideal response of faith. He wholly followed the Lord his God. He refers back to the events of Numbers chapters that are recorded for us in Numbers 13 and 14. Forty-five years prior to this account in Joshua chapter 14, Moses had sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan to investigate the land that God had promised to them. Most of the spies had a negative report. However, two spies returned to encourage Israel to go and to take the land that God had promised to them. Israel rejected the, the positive reports of these two spies and instead exercised unbelief in Jehovah God. God punished them. And for the next 40 years, they would wander in the wilderness without entering into the promised land. Ever. That generation would die in the wilderness because of their own unbelief. Friends, their unbelief in the wilderness, their unwillingness to accept God, their rebellion against God is no different than our unwillingness to accept God, than our rebellion against God. Every human being, every person of the human race has willfully chosen the path of unbelief. Our natural response is to reject God. None of us is righteous, not even one. Well, what happened to those two faithful spies? God allowed those two spies who exercised courageous faith that day to survive the wilderness wanderings and to come and to enter into the promised land. Who were those two spies? Joshua and Caleb. Joshua would serve as Moses' assistant and one day as Moses' replacement. And Caleb remains in the background all the way through the wilderness wanderings. And here's where we return to the scene Of Joshua 14 and 15. He had patiently waited 45 years. Until God's promise was fulfilled. So Caleb was devoted to a courageous faith. In his promise keeping God. He was devoted to that courageous faith long before he claims it. Before he announces it. Before he talks of it in Joshua 14. This is another reminder that sometimes God asks us to wait long periods of time before he gives us the desires of our hearts. It's a reminder that God has a timetable and that nothing can alter it and that it's always the perfect timetable. Caleb was passionate about following the Lord. He was devoted to following the Lord. He was dedicated to following the Lord and it was evident, it was seen in his life. He was willing to stand firm, even if he was the odd man out. Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly, the text says, doing what was right even when it was difficult to do what was right, even when he was the odd man out. Every Christian teenager can relate to this. Every Christian teen is confronted with the pressure of being the only one to do the right thing. When everybody else around them is doing something wrong, they're confronted with the opportunity to to go with the crowd or to take a stand and wholeheartedly follow the Lord. Every Christian parent can relate to this. Parents, have you ever heard that line? Everybody else's parents are letting their kids do it. You ever feel like you're the only parent in Lancaster County that doesn't let your kid do whatever, go to a certain movie or do a certain activity, whatever the case may be? Churches are facing the same kind of challenge and taking a stand. Churches face mounting pressures to cave on issues that tragically have become gray areas in American culture. But by the grace of God, HBC will wholeheartedly follow God for the glory of God. Christian, we don't need to be a jerk about taking a stand. We don't need to be obnoxious about taking a stand. But you need to be willing, you need to be devoted to wholeheartedly following the Lord your God. God's people must be prepared to exercise courageous faith alone. Uh, Hopefully other children of God will stand with you, but that's not always the case. Sometimes a devoted faith, sometimes a courageous faith is going to mean a lonely faith. This is what Paul referred to in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May not be charged against them, Verse seventeen. But the Lord stood by me, and the Lord strengthened me, so that through the message might be fully proclaimed, and that all Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Friend, you are never, all, you are never alone. The Lord is always with you. Think about the Israelites. They just come into Canaan. They were settling in in areas that were surrounded by Canaanites. Would they stand for what is right? Would they make the right decision? Would they exercise devoted, courageous faith to Jehovah God? Or would they bow to Baal? And here they have an example before them in a man who wholly followed the Lord. One of my regular prayers for you as I pray through the the list of connection groups each week, one of my regular prayers for individuals of Harvest Bible Church is that you will follow the Lord in all things. So I ask you, do you wholly follow the Lord your God? Whatever your lot, whatever your specific situation is calling, that is calling for courageous faith in your life this morning, you must acknowledge your own personal r- responsibility to be devoted to following the Lord your God. This life is not long, but it is hard. Children of God who exercise courageous faith in Him will inherit promised rest. Here again, we see the beauty of God's plan for our own perseverance. While we do indeed, clearly, throughout the New Testament it's taught as well, clearly have the responsibility to be be wholly devoted to following the Lord our God, it is not our obedience that gains that inheritance of rest. Here is where we see a second element of Caleb's courageous faith in our promise keeping God. Secondly, we see the foundation of Caleb's courageous faith. Look at verse number 10 with me. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, As yet, I am as str- and yet I am as strong as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in the day how the Anakims were there, and the cities were, were great and fenced. If so be, if so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. What was the foundation of Caleb's courageous faith? It was the word of the Lord. Did you catch it as I read? Look at, verse, look at verse number six again. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua the Kenizzite. Then he says in the middle of the verse, thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses. Again in verse number 10, and now behold the Lord hath kept me alive as he said. Uh, uh, verse number 12, now therefore give me this mountain wherefore the Lord spake in that day. Did you catch it? Five times Caleb brings to the point This point to the forefront of the the discussion. Caleb isn't requesting anything except what God had promised to give him. He was basing his courageous faith on the word of the Lord. And that's exactly how genuine courageous faith works. Genuine faith pleads the promises of God. Faith is built on the foundation of what God has said Faith is built upon what God has promised to his children. And this is what God had told Joshua and the children of Israel before they'd even crossed into the Jordan, or crossed the Jordan into the, the promised land. Do you remember what he said the very first chapter of Joshua? Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance of the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever you go. And then he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, and be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. The foundation of courageous faith in our promise-keeping God is the Word of the Lord. My friends, His promises can be trusted. Like many of you, at least those of you who were, who were alive in 2001, I remember where I was when the World Trade Center towers fell. In the hours following that tragic event, there were all kinds of theories Reports that were being publicized. And that was even before social media was part of the equation. Questions in our minds. Was it really a terrorist attack? Who was responsible for this? How many people perished? Will there be further danger? There's a further risk. We were all kind of questioning. We were all looking for an authoritative word that we knew we could trust. Friends, that's what this word is. It's an authoritative word that we can trust. We're not talking about getting an authoritative word from CNN or a politician or a radio talk show host or even your mama. We have, given, we have been given the perfect final authority of, the, of, of God, and it's the foundation, it's the foundation of our courageous faith. 1 Peter chapter 1 says, You have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and the abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the, the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Take it to the bank, my friends. It cannot fail. It is the word of our living God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We also thank God constantly for this. That when you receive the Word of God, which you have heard from us, that you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it really is, the Word of God. in the face of marriage difficulties, you can't completely depend on the word of anyone else, but you can completely depend on the Word of the Lord. When you face cancer, you can't fully rely on the word of a doctor but you can fully rely on the word of the Lord. When you're confused about sexual identity, you can't always trust the word of a therapist, but you can always trust the word of the Lord. When you're staring in the face the same life-dominating sin, you can't trust man-made systems, but you can trust the word of the Lord. Having courageous faith doesn't come as a result of some self-help plan, having courageous faith comes as we come back to the word of the Lord. My friends, read this book. Study this book. Don't let it leave your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Some of you some of you, wonder why you don't have courageous faith in this hard life that you're living. Well, maybe it's because you're more familiar with how to, to navigate Facebook than you can navigate God's book. Receive this book. Welcome this book. Foster a heart that loves this book. Listen to it preached. Carve out the time to hear it. Some of you are frustrated that you don't have courageous faith in the face of hardship, perhaps because because you spend so much of your time in every other way besides the word of the Lord. Build your life around this book Prioritize your whole life around the word of the Lord. Teach your family that that more important than, than vacations or possessions or vehicles or relationships or anything else, more important than anything else is the word of the Lord. The foundation of Caleb's courageous faith was the word of the Lord. So what do you do? How do you respond to that? You plead the promises of the Lord. Caleb said, Lord, you promised. Friend, make God's promises your prayers. Make God's promises your prayers. Faith, courageous faith, is not founded on our feelings. This isn't a call, in other words, to trust the word of the Lord if you happen to be feeling faithful or spiritual at the time. If we do that, we will feel like unbelievers most of the time. The object of our faith is God. It's not about how strong your faith is It's about how strong God is. God is able. This is what he's promised. He's given to us his word. There is no way in this wide world that any of us can face cancer, the death of a loved one, the hurts of other Christians, or any other hardship in this life based on how we feel. It just won't work. We face the situations with the hope of the word of the Lord. We face those situations with the hope that comes from God, that He is the God of all comfort, that He is the great physician, that He is indeed our sympathetic high priest, that He is sticking closer to us than a brother, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that with God all things are possible. So turn the promises of God into prayers. Plead the promises of God in prayer. God, provide for me just as you said you would. God, heal my loved one, just as you said you are able to do. God, comfort me during this difficult time, just as you said you can do. God, give me victory that you promised is available to me through the death of your son and his resurrection, his victory over sin and death and hell. God, show me how to forgive those who have wronged me, even as you have forgiven me. One of the greatest ways, brothers and sisters in Christ, one of the greatest ways that you can help yourself in exercising courageous faith during this brief but hard life is to absolutely flood your heart and mind with the Word because God's Word never fails. Heaven and earth may fade, but the Word of the Lord will abide forever. It's life. This life is not long, but it is hard. Children of God who exercise courageous faith in him will inherit promised rest. Having that foundation of truth, the word of the Lord, having that foundation of of truth, having the promises of God as our hope, that empowers us, that energizes us, that spurs us on. And that's the third element of Caleb's courageous faith, the zeal of courageous faith. I want us to read a a couple more verses from Joshua 14 and 15 and see the the zeal of Caleb's courageous faith. Look at verse 13 of chapter 14. And Joshua blessed him, and, and he did. He gave Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for an inheritance. And Hebron therefore became an inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of, and the name of Hebron before was Kerjoth-Jarabah, which Arba was a great man among the Anakims. And the land had rest from war. And then jump down to chapter 15 and verse number 13. Chapter 15, verse 13. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a part among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which, is city, of, which city is Hebron. And Caleb drove thence the three sons of Anak, Sheshai and Anamon and Talmai, the children of Anak. And he went up thence to the, inhabitants, to the inhabitants of Debir, and the name of Debir before was Jerjoth Shepher. And Caleb said, he that smiteth Kirjath Jafer and taketh it to him, will I give Ashka, my daughter, to wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it and gave him Ashka, his daughter, to, to wife. And it came to pass, as she came unto him, that she moved him to ask her father for a field. And she lighted off her ass. And Caleb said unto her, What wouldest thou? Who answered, Give me a blessing. For thou, hast given me a soul, uh, for thou hast given me a south land, give me also springs of water. And he gave to her the upper springs and the nether springs. What do we see when Caleb receives his inheritance? We see a zeal. We see a confidence. It's been five to seven years since they crossed the Jordan River into the promised land. Caleb has been patient for 45-ish years since he wholly followed the Lord as a spy and now he's making his request to finally have his inheritance. Caleb says, "God has given me life. God has helped me live for these 45 years through wilderness and through war. And God has given me strength and stamina, and now he's given me the rest of what now give me the rest of what you had promised." So Joshua gave Caleb his inheritance. At the Lord's command, and this is how courageous faith works. It remembers what Jehovah has done. It looks back and says, oh, look what God has done. Look what Jehovah has done. And it is grateful. Faith looks at the past, looks at God's faithfulness and God's goodness, and it drags it into the present. One commentator put it this way. Courageous faith takes in God's goodness, responds in gratitude, and finds grace for God's next call. Christian, what is your next call? What role does God have for you? Where is the Lord leading you in service for Him? Courageous faith doesn't look back at God's goodness and then then just sit on your backside waiting to be served. Rather, courageous faith says, God, you've been good to me. God, you've been kind to me all of these years. Look what you've done. God, thank you. What can I do in service to you? Courageous faith takes in God's goodness, it responds in gratitude. And it finds grace for God's next call. I love to read. I enjoy many genres. I love biography, some political biography. But some of the best books I've read are missionary biographies. Many of you know that my all-time favorite is John Payton, the missionary to the New Hebrides Islands in the South Pacific. His autobiography is phenomenal. I highly recommend it to you. My second favorite is a book called To the Golden Shore. It's, I think it's four or 500 pages on Adoniram Judson. William Carey is another great one. Do you know what's true about each of these and many, many others? They were zealous for God. They were confident, not in their own ability. They lacked great confidence in their own ability. But they were confident in the ability of God. They were confident in the greatness of God. And they had seen God's faithfulness and God's goodness to them over a certain amount of years and even beyond their life and to back further into history. And they had recognized God's goodness and they dragged that goodness into the present and they looked for God's grace for the next call for their life and they went on to do great things for God. It was William Carey who said, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. Anyone who has been used by God in a great way has a confidence in God. It's about being bold to ask for what God has already promised to give you. Courageous faith. It looks at the past. It recognizes God's faithfulness. It drags it into the present. Friend, remember God's faithfulness to you. Remember God's goodness to you. Rehearse it to yourself often. Remember how God has been kind to you in a million ways. Remember how he has kept his promises to you and then drag that into the present as you face God's next call for your life. Why couldn't God draw many children to himself during Vacation Bible School this week? Why couldn't God use Harvest Bible Church in a big way in Lancaster County? He's already promised to us that the church will go forward, that the church is going to be built, and not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. Why couldn't God do something great through Harvest Bible Church? Why couldn't you go live the first few years of your retirements with one of our gospel partners on a foreign field, simply holding their arms up, being an encouragement to them, doing housework for them, working with them in order that they may be free to do the work of the Lord? He's He's already promised you that He's going to be with you wherever you go. He's already promised you that that disciples are going to be called from all people groups of the world. Be bold. Be confident. Take on the next call of God for your life with the memory of His past faithfulness to you. I was reminded of, I heard it recently, and I was reminded of, uh, of this old chorus that brings this, to a a good focused point for us. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His Word. Hearken, listen to the voice of God to you. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone. Rest upon His Word. For everything, oh everything, yes everything, is possible with God. My friends, let's be bold, let's be zealous in our courageous faith in our promise-keeping God. But it wasn't just his confidence, we also see a consecration on behalf on, in, in his zeal by Caleb. There's this one more factor of zeal of, 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 of Caleb's courageous faith, and it's the favor of the Lord. In verse, chapter number 14, verse number 12, he says, If the Lord be with me, if the Lord wills, or perhaps, or maybe, is Caleb doubting? No, not at all. He's pressing forward with the recognition of the freedom that God has. In other words, Caleb is rightfully acknowledging that God has the right to do anything that God pleases to do. God has the freedom to do anything that God rightly pleases to do. And that's how courageous faith and a promise-keeping God is presented in the Bible. There's an appropriate tension, if you will between not demanding God to do something and not doubting God is able to do something. We can't write God's script for him, can we? But we can cling to the clear promises in the matter. We don't demand of God, so we say perhaps if if God wills, if God is with me, I will do this. But neither do we doubt, so we say God has promised. I will go do this. I will go with zeal in what he has promised to do. It's a both and situation, not an either or. That's the humility that should be present with our courageous faith. Friend, learn to be content with whatever state he he has for you. So maybe God will do a a big work through you, but maybe he desires for you to be a faithful plotter behind the scenes. This life is not long, but it is hard. Children of God who exercise courageous faith in him will inherit promised rest. So, like a child claiming a promise that his father has made to him many weeks or months or days before, Caleb with courageous faith claims his promised inheritance. He does so with devotion to the Lord. He has wholly followed the Lord. He claims that promise based on the word of the Lord. And he seeks his inheritance with great zeal, consecrated and confidence. Caleb received his inheritance. Caleb received his rest, as we read in chapter 14, verse number 15, and the land had rest from the war. That rest was a glimpse of the eternal Sabbath rest that is yet to come. What does it mean for us? Our inheritance is not a piece of earthly property. Ours is a heavenly hope. Our rest is everlasting. The rest that was lost in Eden is gained in Christ. It was Jesus who said, Come unto me, all that you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus came to make a payment for all who rebelled against him. And the Bible tells us that whoever trusts in the name of the Lord will receive that promised rest. For the Christian in 2019, the battle is different, isn't it? We are not called to dispossess the inhabitants of a promised land but we are called to be soldiers of Jesus Christ as soldiers of the Lord we deal with cancer and we deal with hurts that come from other brothers and sisters in Christ we take on the wonderful ministry opportunities like vacation Bible school we deal with the loss of a loved one we deal with ongoing life dominating temptations to sin they all require courageous faith Will you, wholly follow the Lord your God? Will you use the word of the Lord as the foundation for your courageous faith? And will you, with great zeal, take on the task, the next task that God has called you to in service of gratitude to Him for His past goodness to you? Let's close our eyes and bow our heads.